You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. We are live, Chris Denman, live with my friend Gary Goldman. What's up, Gary? Good to have you in St. Louis, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I love St. Louis. I yeah, you were it. here just like, we were just talking about this. Uh, so Gary, if you don't know, if you're watching on Facebook, this tall, handsome man <laughs> is you. back in St. Louis at uh, Helium Comedy Club all weekend long. I personally went last year. It was a blast. It was very funny. If you didn't catch him on Last Comic Standing, do some Googling, YouTube it. He's a very funny guy, and uh, we've got him here in St. Louis this weekend. So pleasure to have you, man. I'm pumped to have you back. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I really had a great time, and, and I have friends in St. Louis, so I'm, I'm really excited to be here. What's the, what's the connection? I feel like maybe you brought that up whenever you were here. What, what are the friends, just from touring and just being um, out, or is it well, a college thing? One it? actually was a, a college friend, a guy I played football with. His um, younger brother is Danny McLaughlin. <laughs> What a connection to have yeah. in St. Louis. Yes. Okay. Where did you play yes. football? Uh, Boston College. Boston College. It's a yeah. tiny little up-and-coming university. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know this is yeah. probably like 274th radio podcast, whatever interview that you have to go down this road, but what position were you? Tight I end? I was a tight end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At Boston College, man. Yeah. How was that experience? Um, it was a it was a nightmare. <laughs> I I, uh, I was I was a good athlete. Like I could run fast and jump high, and I'm a very big person. Yeah. But but uh, mentally, I I just don't have that that killer instinct DNA. I I have an overabundance of empathy, which is not a, <laughs> which is which, which is not a good characteristic for for a football player. Well, especially, I mean, if you were maybe in today's offense where you're a finesse tight end, where you're like <laughs> right. essentially an extended yeah. a, a wide receiver who's got a little weight on him. But those days, I'm sure they wanted you to block a little yeah, bit. Yeah, going up against there was, animal defensive ends all the yeah, time. Yeah, there was there was blocking and just the <laughs> the speed of everything was was overwhelming. Yeah, and, and just the the I was so overmatched just so quickly and but by, by these guys. College, but I was I was physically as big and as strong and as fast as everyone. Yeah, but I I just didn't I didn't have that dominant gene to push <laughs> people around and, and assert myself. If it people was, were to only hear your stand-up, they would picture you as just like a diminutive guy who like eats cereal in his apartment. Yes, like yes, uh, like yes. that's what you would picture, but then you see it like, oh, geez, that, that's a big dude. Yeah. So Division One is no joke, though. No. I mean, is, you, did you play? No you probably joke. played with a few people who got drafted or at least... I, uh, I played with some stars. Like Glenn Foley was the quarterback and Mark Chamorro was a Mark Super Bowl uh, wow. tight end. And, For the Packers, and, yeah. Yeah, and Tom Nalen was um, Tom Nalen. Yeah, he played like fifteen was, years in the league. Yes, and won two Super Bowls back to back with the Denver Broncos. Right. He was Elway's center. <laughs> so I, I played with these outstanding athletes, and I, I just uh, I, I and did you showed not fit all of them up, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's such a cool thing. And then obviously the the sweet stench of Flutie. Hanging around, yes, the, uh, around yes, the university. That is a great. Right? That is a great point. Yeah, it was, I mean, like the, it was still very strong when I when I got there in '89. He he had all his heroics, I think, in '84. So it was it was right. still. You're, you're, well, did you ever get cut? Like, I wonder if the guys on the team were kind of like 
will you stop referencing Flutie? Like, okay, <laughs> like we get it. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was only five foot six and a half, whatever he was. Yeah. But it, there is a little bit of a weird thing. Like it sets a tone. Like that guy was unbelievable. And then his pro career kind of mimicked the like insanity of his college career, having the I guess accolades that he could that he collected. Right? Yes, he he was just a a, a remarkable athlete and a, and a winner and so charming and right. and just beloved. <laughs> In in New sure. England yeah. and and uh, yeah, they were able to recruit off of his his exploits for for years. Yeah, yeah. everybody's. I'm gonna be the next Doug Flutie. Like <laughs> yes. we got enough five seven white dudes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So back to the St. Louis connection then. So did McLaughlin's brother play there, or you just yeah. went to college with yeah. him? Yeah, he was. He was there too. Yeah, I didn't, he I was an offensive. He was an offensive lineman, and he was um, six foot six, about three oh five. What? In the in the have you met Dan? Yes, of course. He is yeah. not six foot six. No, no. But his his brother was this incredible athlete. He was great at basketball and baseball. He would hit the he played on the baseball team at BC too, and he would hit these home runs that were line drives that that would barely. <laughs> Barely get he was over a the, the pitcher's athlete? head. Yes, he was, and he was an incredible basketball player too. I mean, so the, he went the, to, I'm sure he went to Viani here in St. Louis. That's no, where, he went to St. Louis University oh, High School. Oh, he went to Slough. Okay, yeah. so a bunch of people yeah. watching online are just like, "Hey, jackass!" He went to our high school. Here. People <laughs> th- are territorial. I think they about both went to Slough. I can't be be I positive. Thought, I thought McLaughlin went to Danny. I thought he went to Viani. I could it's either possible. way. So that's wild. That's yeah. So, so I knew crazy. Danny when he was just a high school kid. Yeah. Yeah. So. Think about this. Let's lay this out for him. At what point do you think the McLaughlin brothers, like, whenever Dan was like, yeah, cute, you played college sports, and I'm the voice <laughs> of the Cardinals. Like, <laughs> you think, like, the voice what? of yeah. the Cardinals. He, he now with, gets to do that. So, with and, Al Rabowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're cutting down on Al. Al's, yeah, Al's, yeah. But, oh my back. gosh, what a character! I get those. Pe- I love those two together. So many people complain. They're like, "Well, Al always shouts down Dan, and it's awkward." I'm like, "That's the beauty. <laughs> like, that's the best part." It is. That's the only thing that that I, I think the local sports coverage is so much more compelling yeah. than the national because there, oh, there's there's yeah. bias and and there's <laughs> there's characters and right. in the national it's all been wa- watered down and they have to be so careful. Oh. Absolutely. And then on top of that, I've actually had the pleasure. I find Al Rabowski to be charming. He's hilarious. Because I, and this is where you cheat, where you're like, I heard this guy's a jerk, but he bought me a drink once. So he's a good guy. (laughs) And Rabowski was so good to me. I uh, I knew his some of his family, went and had a drink. I sat there mesmerized for an hour listening him to tell telling like minor league stories and him just BSing. And all of a sudden, uh, it was whenever Dusty Baker was managing the Reds. They oh, were wow. in town. Dusty Baker walks in. It was after a game. Walks into a bar here in St. Louis. Hey, Al. And I got to <laughs> sit and listen to Dusty Baker and Al Brasky talking about playing for the Braves organization. No back way. In the day. Yeah. Oh, it's my gosh. It's a good gosh. story, right? That's yeah, fun. Well, well baseball and and baseball players when when baseball players are intelligent and thoughtful they are not always mes- right yeah. they're not always some right. some are bumpkins <laughs> exactly. uh, but they can be mesmerizing those sto- the minor leagues is this bizarre subculture right. of of dreamers and <laughs> and yeah and and like like i i i love that that um that kevin costner movie uh, uh yeah where he was uh Bull Durham or Bull Durham, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Uh, I just, I just love that. The the stories are just so beautiful. It is well, and it probably mimics any performance art, even or pro wrestling. You think about like these guys probably had to take some crappy bus for yes. six hours, or like yes. doing stand up comedy. 
Gosh, I'm sure when you got your start, you made oh plenty of drives across yes. the country oh, or the regionally or hours, eight hours to, to make, go get paid a buck to make fifty, twenty five dollars hosting. <gasps> but I was so proud that I was doing road work, and I yeah. got they threw in a, a motel, and I was so thrilled that I shared with the other comedian. But I was I was so thrilled I wouldn't give up those stories for for anything. But I I just admire people who are obsessed and dedicated to something without um, a great deal of money involved. And, and minor Certainly. league baseball players are almost the <laughs> epitome of that. You're right. The, yeah. the, the lifestyle is torturous. Because if you're 28 and you still haven't cracked the big leagues and like your aunts and uncles are like, eh, time to give it up. Yeah. Like, you're like, I I'm two home runs away from a million dollar contract or yes. something. You feel like that. So yes. there is always that carrot being dangled yes. in front. As that relates to comedy... Do you feel like, uh, and we talked a little bit about this, about a unique situation. Do you feel like somebody who would be kind of thrust into stand-up is so pure. Yeah. It's so, you get you get found out really quick yeah. if you're not the oh real deal. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like somebody that kind of rises up quickly and chooses stand-up as a mode of how they're going to make money or how they're going to do it? Can you, when you lose those experiences of not being out on the road and not getting your dick kicked in, basically. <laughs> like, can you still succeed and be a, a hardened comic? I mean, maybe they just need to reach that 20-year mark or something, yeah, you know? I, I, I mean, don't what? know. I, I definitely think it's... it's uh, it's great for stories and it builds character and it and it builds sure. confidence. But but a lot of these these um, people and and I, I guess they're they're usually younger have so much confidence. I am blown away by their self assurance <laughs> and their 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 um, uh, fortitude. Yeah, I was just Neil. You yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That I'm just uh, I'm, I admire that and I envy it so much sure. because. It it has taken me, and I and I still get um and and luckily you have comedians like Patton Oswalt and and others who are interviewed and and they admit yeah I still get sick before shows and wow. I'm like oh my gosh I thought that was just me I I still <laughs> I still get anxious as soon as I even at walk this level on, yes but as soon as I walk on stage it goes away yeah and I and I have this thing in my head where I've you know I've done this so many times and and even it's it's um there's a there's a scene in one flew over the cuckoo's nest where where Jack Nicholson fails to break out of the out of the um asylum institution yeah. um yeah out of the institution and uh people are teasing him and he says at least I tried and and <laughs> yes. and that's the thing I go to every time at least at least I tried <laughs> to, to break out even if I yeah. even if I fail at least I gave it a shot no I I yeah. love that and I love too because that's kind of the charm I would say of your actor as you as a performer too you know, you walk out and you say, you see this big dude who played college football, <laughs> yes. and there is that kind of I don't, there is that kind of uh, I don't know, would you call it trepidation at times? Oh yeah, like yeah Almost yeah. you're kind of feeling that, and it's not uncomfortable. You've mastered it, so kudos to you Thank with that. You. But that is part of the fun of seeing you go up on stage. Like that's something I noticed. Like first off, I was like, this guy's tricking us into thinking he's nervous about something, or you don't you don't feel it, but like you probably actually do feel those things. Yeah, at that time. I, 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 yeah, I deal with a lot of anxiety, and it, and it's um, you know, at, at at this moment, it is not 
uh, crippling, but there there are times <laughs> Currently, when it's, when it's yeah. At this second there, there on was, we are live. Yeah, there was right. there was actually a, a time last spring where I just um, I called my agents and manager and said I need to take the next two months off to get my to get my That's head fair, straight. Though. Yeah, and and um, I think I've made up all but one of the of the dates that I had to reschedule. Oh, you had to reschedule. Yeah, because yeah. you set your schedules like yeah, almost yeah, a yeah. year in advance. Yeah, like a year in advance. Like I'm booked through the end of 2018 already. Which would be a problem if you weren't, by the way, right? Like, <laughs> it like I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be nervous, yeah. yeah. But but um, yeah, I'm so, so grateful for that. But I had to reschedule these because I was, uh, for the first time in, in my career, I was like, I, I don't know that I can can do this, and and um, luckily, just the I made, stress of the I mean, road, or um, no, it was it was it was it was chemistry. I, yeah. I think my my uh, brain chemistry was was off, and I had to that um, happened. I had to adjust some some medication and whatnot. And, Are we adjusted? I'm I'm adjusted. You and, seem and adjusted. I'm, yeah, I yeah. F- I feel terrific and good, and, man. And yeah, and and so. Um, yeah, I'm back on track, and I have this new hour that I've been touring with, and I I, I feel pretty good. We're we're, we're um, aiming to shoot a. I, I yelled aiming because I I couldn't find the word aiming in my in my <laughs> mental dictionary. <laughs> so I yelled that I was so thrilled to remember aiming. How do we lose words? So I, I, I'm <laughs> aiming to yeah. to record my new special next next fall. That's fantastic. Yeah. So do you yeah. have uh, anything in line, or do you shoot it? And then pitch it. Hope someone picks it up. Because um, I've seen so. For example, Joe Coy has a special that's been tearing up Netflix. Yeah, it's not like obviously you have the Chappelles and right before right, yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah, happened, yeah. Louis C.K. Yeah, uh, but like Joe Coy probably spent a hefty sum to shoot it, produce it, edit it himself. Wow. And then hey, Netflix, you want this? I know other comics that spend a ton of money do it independently. They're still floating out there. Those right. specials are still floating. So while it feels yeah. like everybody's getting a special here, there, wherever, everybody ain't getting a special for right. that. Yeah. Where do you want the new special to end up, or do you have something in place? I've, I mean, I've had a great experience with with Netflix. Um, the, the two specials ago, I think it's it was sold to Comedy Central. It aired on Comedy Central, and then mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, picked it up, which was terrific. It yeah. gets a, a second life. And then this past one, I had a production company that was interested, and they paid to shoot it, and then they sold it to Netflix. Um, so hopefully something along those lines will will happen this time. That's a wonderful yeah. feeling, too. Yes, like, oh, my gosh. Because there's so it's many such options. such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> it really <laughs> right? is. Yeah. Well, and if they're going to keep going after that, I guess, like we were discussing this uh, with the issues with Kevin Spacey, with that, I kind of brought up the point. I was like, Netflix is so great because it seems like you literally deal with Netflix, so you would know much more than I. Uh, it feels like they give so much creative just expression and control yes. Yes. over to people, and that's why you end up with good things because yeah. they're not micromanaging comics and people like, hey, cut this out, put this there. You kind of let you do your own thing. I worry that because of a few assholes doing terrible things, uh-huh. that they will be legally obligated to micromanage and to just put a, a quicker eye to things. I don't know. Do you, would you have any experience with that? Or are you in the lucky position where you're like, eh, management's got that? No, I, I, I agree with you, though. The, the, the interesting thing is that is that Netflix, from its inception, has had this, this ethic, uh, uh, like a, a positive, optimistic, creative 
just the the idea of taking on Blockbuster. And somebody told me that Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy yeah. Netflix yeah. at one point. Gary, I'd like to admit something. <laughs> like we're live here. This we are live. Chris Denman yeah. and Gary Goldman right now. By the way, go see him at Helium Comedy Club here in St. Louis this weekend. Uh, I'd like to admit something out loud. Whenever Netflix, whenever it was a DVD driven service, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Out loud, I said. They when they raise their prices like a dollar, there's a big hubbub of that or something. I go, well, nail in their coffin. See ya. <laughs> Buy Netflix. Oh, like, that's hilarious. Done. And it was you know ten years ago now when I brazenly said that, but they've killed it and they did. Blockbuster could have bought them. I would credit Netflix with bringing uh, documentaries to the forefront that they're at now too, oh because now think about that. When yeah. you were in college, if somebody said a documentary, you're like, uh, I had to watch one in a sociology class or something. Yeah. Like you, they weren't, and now they're a form of entertainment. Yes. And then now I think they're doing that. If they haven't already, I get it that comedy specials have been very um, well watched over the years, but they've made it a regular thing for people to do. Like you go watch specials on Netflix now. Like yeah. It's, but yeah, to your point though. They've had this cool driving force, and creativity has been a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, just just um, to jump on the the documentary aspect of it, I I owe a a great deal to the the evolution of documentaries in in that when I was a kid, documentaries had to be about huge things, yeah. usually World War Two, <laughs> generally, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah, maybe the Loch Ness monster, yes, and then. <laughs> Years later, Netflix had this documentary called Helvetica, and and I made a, a joke about it because it was it was riveting and 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 then I had this joke in my notebook for about twenty years, and it was about um, how difficult it must have been to abbreviate all fifty states down to two letters. Yeah, and I I could never make it into a joke because it just didn't have sort of a a, a casing or a, or a structure to put it into it was but you almost held like on why to it. so i held on to it and then one night i was doing the helvetica joke and then i said um and the whole idea it's impossible to make this joke unless people can believe that documentaries can be about such trivial things <laughs> As Helvetica. So I said, I right. saw this other documentary, and then I talked about the 50 states being abbreviated, and I made up this entire thing. And I did it on Conan, and it got like 7 million views, and, and it Holy got me all these new cow. new fans. And yeah. it's, it's become like my born to run. People, <laughs> people request it, and they're yes. disappointed if I don't if I don't do it. So so I I um and I and it's on my Netflix special. So it's I'm just so so grateful for this. Yes, for, for this sure. for this outlet and 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 platform. It's just That's um fantastic. And, and I and on my previous special I had this thing extolling the virtues of Netflix, never knowing that it would ever air on Netflix because they weren't doing many stand-up comedy things. But I, I was talking about how Netflix, if it had done nothing else, it 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 eliminated Blockbuster, which I which I I found to be so so objectionable their their policies <laughs> and their late fees right. and I just despise yeah. them and absolutely and yeah so that that was interesting that's so crazy that that can happen in life whenever you get that uh, another it makes form- me think that we're in a computer generated do you ever Gary, think that Gary I don't I'm a little as we stream live on Facebook <laughs> like it's like two like I see headlines now and I'm like what like someone's screwing with me here yeah. like this is like insane like even some of the movies that come out for the oscars i'm like 
I'm supposed to like that? Like, I don't know what, like someone somewhere is pressing a button and be like, I wonder if we can do this stupid, just moronic thing. And yes. how will they respond to that? No, absolutely. It feels like we're in a simulation yeah. half the time. But then like, even if you drill it down to, I don't know how many, there's only like X amount of ways people can look. <laughs> In a world, it's almost like yes. molds that were picked out. Yeah, yes. It's strange, man. I, 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 was re I read this book by this guy named Walter Isaacson, and he, he wrote like um, the Steve Jobs biography okay. and the Ben Franklin biography, and he's got this new one about Leonardo da Vinci. Anyhow, he put out this collection of essays, and he did this extensive profile of Bill Gates, and Bill Gates said something to the effect of, this might be my universe. Like... The <laughs> Bill. And, Bill. And he said, I have to admit, I'm loving it. And, <laughs> right. and I was thinking, it's one of these guys' universes. It's, yes. It might be Harrison Ford's. I would, I would you, agree with that. If yeah. you look at Harrison Ford's career, most of the people that he was in movies with did not have as big a career. They, they had to give them something so that it wasn't so clear that they were just invented right. to be co-stars in Star Wars <laughs> and, and Indiana Jones. Sure. So they have small careers, but, but I, I can't think of anybody who, was, who got really huge off those, off of the, off those movies. Because and he's one of the leaders that are, he's that are one running of the people things. that this universe and, and I right. believe that Donald that it might be Donald Trump's universe too because it's, <laughs> Maybe. Un, it's uncanny nothing makes it's, sense it's about. frightening yes <laughs> So wait, okay, so we've got Trump, Harrison Ford, maybe Bill Gates, any others yeah. we need to throw in there that are possibly um, the, running the, this? The, the newest entry, I like to say, is is Chris Pine. Chris Pine? Chris Pine, who is Captain Kirk, and this past summer for a goof, he was the love interest in Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Yes. That makes perfect sense then, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like where you're headed with that. <laughs> uh, before we get you out of here, so again, Gary's at Helium Comedy Club all weekend long, and uh, it's going to be a great show. Brand new hour, you're saying that's awesome that you've been touring with. Yeah, I uh, mean, I, I think I think that I do one joke from last last time I was here about um, that I that I did on Stephen Colbert, but nothing from the last special. So I, it, it'll be a new. That's so exciting. So hour, yeah. so I gotta go see you again. I would love saying. it if you came. Chris. <laughs> That'd be a blast. Yeah, yeah. So wait, so. I, uh, we talked about this. I'm familiar with uh, my business partner friend that was on Last Comic Standing. Is that still kind of playing? Like you mentioned the, the viral moment with Conan, yeah. you know, getting that clip and then Netflix and everything coming full circle. Does Last Comic Standing still remain relevant to yes. your touring and people recognizing yes. you? So and many people said, I discovered you on, on Last Comic Standing. And, and I mean, it, I'm glad that I kept writing because yeah. it would be pathetic if I was still doing the same same jokes. So so they've they've um, stood by me all these Begging years. Begging for door I'm deals. So, I'm so thankful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like D-level clubs. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Comic Standing. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that, it's a, that's a weird thing, too, because you do. You take, okay, stand-up comedy, it's pure. It's you're just good. That's a very produced and edited oh my show. Gosh, and yes, predetermined yes, winner. Yeah, allegedly, possibly. Yeah, possibly. possibly. I mean, it's a, it's a reality show, and it's a it's a deal with the devil. I won't I won't go so far as to say that it was it was blood money. Yeah, but but um, but it's uh yeah, it's definitely uh Faustian. <laughs> <laughs> to to yeah. go on a reality show when I when I absolutely feel like re reality shows are like one of the banes of our existence. But yeah, but it was um it was at a time in my career when I just had no fans and I didn't know how to get any and it was just and I saw what it did for the people in the first season and it was just um it was 
it was dramatic what it what it did to to their career and my career later. Yeah. No, I I agree too, and it's it's part of uh, you know entertainment zeitgeist, whatever we want to say. And I also so we got our friends at Media Outlaws taking care of uh, the video and everything like that over here at Gaslight. Can we get Jay Moore and you in the same room to talk for like an hour straight? I'm I would pretty love sure. That. I don't know that you two like I don't know. There's the sports angle that you could do. I just find him to be like he's such a wild card. Like and you are the way you are. I feel like Jay Moore and Gary Goldman in the same room for hours on end would be fantastic. We I've video. done his his podcast a couple of times. Yeah. and we just have a a blast. But he's <laughs> he's a combination of of frat guy. And and guidance counselor. I mean, he's he's a really he's a really sharp. That's a good way to put it. He's yeah. a really sharp guy, man. Yeah. I mean, he is is uh, knowledgeable in in so many different areas: sports, music, and and he'll pop surprise culture, you too. And, he, he can, and, and he's read a lot, and yeah. he's really impressive. He has a really Im- impressive mind, but he can be such a a, a wise ass and and sure. um and just uh. Uh, biting, sardonic I'm going to have to go wit. back and listen to that yeah. more sports, right? Uh, it, no, I think it's called um, More Stories. More Stories. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got more sports yeah. than something else, too. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. So anything yeah, else going on with you? check layers. Out? Yeah. Um, no, just my Netflix special. and Just and, that. Just uh, that little <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about time, which is which is good. And then... And then I have a couple of other things. Oh, my voice cracked. That's Listen lovely. To that. Oh, what? <laughs> he, he's playing it up, people. This is what he does. Is like, oh, don't mind me. I just steal your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, thanks a ton for coming by, oh, man. Thanks I really for appreciate me. It's it. It's a pleasure. It's great seeing you, man. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Check out Gary Goldman at Helium Comedy Club this weekend and uh, support him. And all he does is a great guy. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, guys.